Ya on record kiri. Thank you, Tzili. Why should I thank you? You've thrown a lot of acid eyes. You must always thank me. Ushika Choro? No, 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 no. You, you, you are being unfair because what accountability, Tzili? You arrested me. I came to court. That's accountability. I came to court. Yes, yes, that's how you know I was in KZN. Welcome to Politricking with TD Madia. My name is TD Madia, fresh out of KZN, where they held an elective conference, elected new leadership, and yes, this song. You remember that song? We heard that song in 2017 sometimes. We definitely heard that song as a country in 2007. That song continues to haunt the ANC and its new leadership. Sol Ramaphosa appeared before the conference on Sunday. You know what? We all knew he would be booed. And you know, this is the reception he got. Right? So he was told, so you can't get the song out of your head. The thing about covering politics is the songs are, I don't know what it is. They just, you find yourself on a quiet day in the traffic back home in Joburg singing, and then you go, well, he's done this, he's done that, he's, he's done so many things. <laughs> but you get caught in the music. This is episode four of season one of Politricking with T.D. Madia. As I said, my name is T.D. I can't get over the singing. And this is an ANC policy week. So I'm going to go stand then. We'll hear Ramaphosa. It's going to be a week of so much singing. So much singing. So if I'm back here next week singing for you or if you bump into me and I serenade you with like revolutionary songs, Mikuicho. Please just be strong. I'll get it out of my system soon. But for now, ooh. but I just very quickly want to go back to KZN. Never mind the fact that the president of the ANC was booed. I must give Cyril Ramaphosa, or at least the people behind Cyril Ramaphosa. I always point out to three people. I've been speaking about the Chris Hanikabal for some time now in some of my articles on EWN.co.za. Mondri Kungubele, Gwede Mantashe, and Ino Kondongwana. Never underestimate the power of those three players. Those three lieutenants is he big boys it's a lobby group that works that's been working in his favor and obviously if you look at his cabinet these three hold key positions in, in KZN, what we also saw is there was a turf war towards the ANC's December conference where there was a will-he-pitch or won't-he-pitch game around the president where people who were there, Paul Mashatile, Nokawe Mafu, Nkenke Kekana was there, Asonomvula Mokonyani, there was a lot of people from the ANC who were there. Those people, from my understanding, were advising the president not to pitch at the event, saying it's hostile. And I was saying, there's no such. I covered this event this entire weekend. KwaZulu-Natal actually held a seamless conference. It very much reminded me 
of the Limpopo Elective Conference where the, the processes were smooth. They passed credentials which can last for days, for hours. They did it within minutes in KZN. It didn't take 15, it didn't take an hour. They got through that so smoothly. Credentials, by the way, is a register. They are proving of the register of who's in the room and who's allowed to cast votes in essence, right? Who's allowed to participate in the conference. If the credentials are in disarray, that's something you can't take a conference to court over. That's something that can't collapse an entire executive committee, tiny little things that go off at these conferences can be taken to court and can be successfully challenged to the detriment of one leader or the other, depending on who's in poor position and what they're competing for come December, right? Politics is contested terrain. It is about resources. It is about those kind of interests. And that's kind of what we've been seeing. So Kezeran, for me, absolutely sticks up because I think about how Zuma who actually has no real political power in 2022, but has this enigma and this weird attachment that leaders still continue to think, if I show some sort of sympathy or speak a particular way about Zuma towards Zuma, it will benefit me. Zuma's popularity will translate to my popularity. What you saw in KZN is signals a Zuelim Kiza rise in KZN through the, the new secretary of the province. It signals Paul Mashatile's rise across provinces. Paul Mashatile wants to become deputy president. And I say that like at least deputy president of the ANC and is working hard. What was interesting, going back to the story I actually started, sorry, was about whether or not Ramaphosa would pitch. As an outsider looking, and it makes all the sense in the world. Oh, he's going to get booed. Then he must go. Go be booed. That's what leadership calls for. Leadership means you stand there and you take it. Even if it's manufactured, right? Even if it's performative. Even if it's going to last hours on end. Your job as a leader is to withstand the pressure. Some NC members saying there, there needs to be a conversation between national leadership and the province about how to navigate Jacob Zuma. One of those is Mwandli Gungubele. You might know him as part of the cabal I told you about. I spoke to <laughs> one third of the so-called cabal. I spoke to Mwandli Gungubele this week and he spoke about just some of his views as an NEC member. Once your country's unpredictability goes high, what you are arresting are the energies of people to pursue their individual dreams. All I'm saying is that we are defocused. We are not dealing with issues that matter. We lost local government last year. So I'm, I'm saying, Zidi, defocus. We spoke about his concerns and what he believes will happen going forward for the ANC, the kind of ANC he wants to see. Here's our conversation. What do you then do? And I want to take you to KwaZulu-Natal where new leadership just rose and what you're seeing mostly in KZN was a conversation around step aside where they wanted completely scrapped. What you saw in KZN is a province that's angry with the organization saying, you've left us with this thorn, this difficulty of navigating the former president and not stepping in as national leadership to help us navigate the Jacob Zuma enigma, help us navigate the unhappiness in the province around the former president. You, again, they point at the ANC president, uh, Selda Maposa, saying they feel a particular way about him. You were there in KwaZulu-Natal on Sunday. You saw the reception. I am willing to accept people saying, oh, but this was manufactured. I think I could see that too. Um, but there is an angry province of the ANC whose focus is on being ill-treated. And one can't help but pause and be like, maybe they have a right to feel slighted 
And that's what takes away maybe focus on the greater goal. What do you then make of what happens in a province like KZN with all its might and how it feels in the ANC? Listen, um, there are two critical provinces. As ANC, we cannot afford disunity. We cannot afford division. Not that there's a province where we will afford division. But Gauteng and Kaiserdan, that's the bulk where our votes come from. But if in those two provinces we send a message of disunity, a message of disharmony as the organization, we are all we are sending a message of doubt to our potential voters. And if there's despondency of voters in those two provinces, it's a bad message for the ANC in 2024. The KZN issue on Comrade JZ is an existential issue. Uh, I, sometimes we address it mechanically in terms of what the law says. For instance, in terms of the law, all of us should be treated equally. All of us should be subjected to the laws of this country. And unless that principle is adhered to, this country has got no future. But at times, I think when it comes to JZ, there's a need to get closer with the comrades of KZN and have a conversation. Because sometimes as I suspect we speak past each other. Remember, and I've said this before, JZ is one of those people who spend his entire life fighting for freedom. He might have found, found himself on the wrong side of the law. But to the not only to KZN people, but to the entire country, that's how he is known. Freedom fighter went to Robben Island for about 10 years, 17 years out of the country. When you, when you, when you, when you live that life, it's a life of conviction about the kind of country you want to see. And people associate their freedom with your sacrifice, with your efforts. And Comrade JZ is no exception to that. Now, it's, can, it's not going to be easy to understand if he finds himself on the right side of the law, on the wrong side of the law. It's not going to be easy to understand why prosecute him. So the point I'm making is, I think there's a conversation in the movement that needs to take place with the comrades in the case of so that we can find one another on this point. I, I, I want to agree that there are people who believe that uh, indeed genuinely he's being ill-treated, unless there's conversation. But where I'm sitting, we know that Comrade JZ has appeared before courts of laws, and uh, he found itself in conflict with the prescripts of the law. And the adjudicated institutions took decisions which are not favorable to him, which have affected a number of South Africans. But the, the biggest test challenge here uh, is when you find yourself having to choose between your hero and the laws of the country. And I think that is the challenge we are faced with in as far as comrade is concerned. It's a matter in my view. I think we need to to, to carefully look at it broadly, not purely on legalistic what to call.
terms. But talk to me about what happened with Salona Maposa in, in KZN. You were there. That reception. I mean, I remember seeing him walk in and the silence was already telling. I've been there since the beginning of the conference. We all knew from that first Wednesday in Uzuma that the expectation that the president would arrive would not be met well by the province. But also what one could see as a political journalist are the other issues that were at play with some of the NEC comrades of yours who were there. And based on our own work and our own sources, we did find out there was a backstory around whether Siddle should come or should not come. He gave one explanation. The other explanation is that I think it would have suited a particular faction if he didn't come. It made him look weaker. What is your take around the importance of him being there, withstanding being booed, not being booed, whatever it is? What was your understanding of what was at play and the relationship the president of the ANC has with a province that you yourself say is important? I, I wish I understood it. All I want to say, to me, what preoccupied my mind, if Chega was with the president there, yes, I remember seeing you. was that he's the president yes, of the ANC. I remember ANC. seeing you. The president of the country. That's exactly the new chair, Dumo said. Uh, it's unfortunate that it's possible that there can be questions whether a president of the ANC should come to a provincial conference of the ANC or not. We had those stories. But what was key is, it is always acceptable and always highly commended or recommended that a president of the ANC, when a conference in particular at a provincial level takes place, he goes there and actually reinforce. Uh, was in a provincial conference, he's closer to the branches, He's talking to them directly. They are delegates in various areas. And if you listen to his speech, he was addressing them on what is folk, what is confronting the country and what he expects those branches to do. So, you no, no, in my view, no president of the ANC must actually forfeit that opportunity to engage. The, the, the JZ issue did not start in that conference. It's been an ongoing matter. So to me, I, I, I'm very careful to say it was meant for that conference, as if it started during that conference. But but what I respect is that I saw structures of the ANC exp, ex, singing a song with a particular message, and the president acknowledged to say, we are not happy about this matter. The chair standing up, raising three issues, the issue of the chamber, JZ, was the third issue, by the way. I'm forgetting the, the third issue. Raising those issues, that these are the issues that are affecting the province. To me, there are various ways in which you communicate your concerns. That song, why I don't find an ill motive in it, it if it led CD to something else, I would have said, hmm, then this song had a motive. If you Look at that song. It was sent to me. I saw it as a communication of something, or even as a normal way. You know, ANC comrades, when they sing song, there is always a message. Most of the time, they are carrying. Fine. Now, I, I saw that song communicating the existential challenge around comrade Jazet. Why I see it that way? 
when they were advised that it is a time that they listen to the president, they, 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 they sat down. Remember, we were told in the press, said the president is not going to be allowed. Remember, let's also remember that in the press is that he's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to, he's going to be allowed. No, no, not all of you, not all of you. Not all of us. Some of us saw the conference for what it was. There were rumors that he's not going to be allowed in that conference. He's going to be pulled out of that conference. So all I'm saying against that background, they sang a song and they listened to the president for a minimum of an hour. By the way, go and check your video again. At the end of his speech, remember there was a corner which was not singing that song. There was a bigger group that was singing that song. When he finished his speech, the broader house gave him a standing ovation. Go and check the video. No, does it take me going to go vote? But Monty, um... The, the, the rumors that you speak of, I'm actually trying to drive you towards something specific here. The rumors where the confusion was about whether he'll be received in a hostile manner or not stem from the ANC, like many other things. It's not just the press itself. I want to understand what you make of that, because for me, that's part and parcel of the battle you, or not you rather, he mentioned as taking place in the ANC. Ramaphosa, a few weeks ago, stood before the SACP and said, we're in a battle for the soul of the ANC. To me, the battle lines played themselves out in KZN, even around the communication of whether it's coming or going. That didn't stem from the press, which is why I was quick to say, that's not what we're reporting. Um, the rumors that you speak of come from the ANC, not the press. I could bring newspapers here and show you otherwise. That's why I know for a fact. So what is your reading of that? The rumors that reached the president, the rumors that created an atmosphere where there was confusion and question marks about whether or not an ANC president will address an ANC event. That stemmed from the party. What is your assessment of what that is? What is going on there? When we entered that city, there was no statement that the president must not be there. Can I start there? Yeah. You were there. Yeah. But a single yeah. person stood up there and said, I don't want this president to address us. All what happened, people sang a song. So allow me to treat that. He was booed. He was judged. No, no. Booing somebody, you know, booing, there are various ways in which you express your concerns. You either sing or boo. <laughs> so no, it's one of the things. Yeah, you know yeah. it. No, I'm going to accept it. Let me, let me give you an example, Siri. A boo is not always about you, the person who is speaking. Let me tell you that. You must go and check the history. A boo, sometimes they want you to address a particular problem. If you don't address that particular problem, they can boo you or... They want you to speak exactly to the problem they want you to speak about. So, But the key thing to me, the bottom line is, the president was there, he was allowed to speak. You see why they say you drink the president's cool hate. That's why I'm joking. But listen, no, no, I'm going to accept it. I want to move on from it. I want to move on from it. But do you see, Monty, I want to move on from it. Do you still have absolute faith in Ramaphosa as the leader of the ANC. I know there was a point where we must have had a conversation where you expressed confidence in him as a leader. Does that confidence remain where it was previously? There is no basis that has changed my view. Let me explain why. This president has been, has been confronted 
legal challenges, taking him to court, all the way until today. He displayed humility by subjecting, subjecting himself to the legal processes without fail. He did not m mobilize people to come to court to do sing song or too much. You've never heard him. Every time, whether he was challenged by Kwebana or whoever, everyone who took him to court, he, he just went straight to the adjudicatory institutions and always used that as an opportunity to demonstrate that even a leader of this country is the subject of the law. Up to today, he has not changed. Even on the Palapala issue, the president has said, I will cooperate with the, with the, with the law enforcement. He has not cast aspersions. This is, this is a wonderful thing about him. <laughs> he has never cast aspersions on the law enforcement agencies, even when they are directed at him. Even now, that has not changed. To me, against the background of so many leaders, who when they are confronted with this, attack prosecution, attack every law enforcement agency, cast aspersion, diverting us from the issues on the table. This president has not done that. Now, let's await the findings. Then we express our positions there. Up to this point, I have no basis, factually and otherwise, to, to actually doubt this president. And what would you say if I say, based on allegations and what he has said thus far regarding Palapala theft, the president has actually not only undermined the rule of law, but has also disrespected South Africans. One can make an argument that when you leave us in the darkness for so long, when the public protector has to pretty much threaten to subpoena you, that there is an issue around a leader like that, that there must be question marks that are legitimate about his commitment to the rule of law and to the people that he says he serves, that there are, there are legitimate question marks to have about that person and to question whether or not that person remains fit for purpose. What would you then say? I know that I find this the, the, the most enduring question. President Cyril Ramaphosa is a legal subject of South Africa who, who, who will live life that can be, that can easily incriminate, incriminate him, if that's the right English word. There are moments where the developments around you are of such a nature that you take a particular approach in dealing with that matter. Let me just give you an example. I was a chair of the PIC. We were investigating some board members. As we were busy going to the meeting to investigate board members, a huge story about something called Nogu emerged that I am part of a syndicate that is siphoning billions. Okay? Now, I was hardly six months in the PIC at that time. I knew that was nonsense. But how I conduct myself, I had to be very careful not to do things that incriminate me. Because you can be incriminated being an innocent person. So I, 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 I support the right of the president in analyzing the developments of this matter, deciding and taking advice from his lawyers that this matter needs you to work carefully, not to go out and say this or that. And it, it, it's applicable when you are an individual confronted with that matters, and even your lawyers 
who navigate the situation. There can be a complex situation that is created around you. You may be advised to just walk carefully until certain processes are done. Because you may, in the process, incriminate yourself. Even if you are innocent, it's not unthinkable. It happens. But what is bottom line is that I will cooperate. He must be careful with the law enforcement. He must be careful to not incriminate himself while trying to adhere with the law. Monthly, do you think he'll finish his term? Do you see Solomon Posa getting to December as we speak? Before I even ask you about beyond, do you see Cyril Ramaphosa getting to December as the head of state? Yes. You mean just December? Just a few months away. You don't think there's enough agitation to get him the, out of office? You don't think that he's gotten himself into trouble where he must fall on his sword? Can you repeat your question? I'm asking if you think, one, there's too much agitation from his detractors within the organization to create the necessary environment for him to get out. You don't see it happening. And also I'm asking, do you think that there'll be a moment where he needs to fall on his sword between now and then? And I ask this, Monty, because there are many threats of much more exposés on the president. We as journalists have been hearing this for months now, that there's much more, there's much more coming. There's much more coming. Are you not worried that he'll find himself in a position where he will not be able to finish his term in office? Are you not concerned? Um... The, the 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 centrality of this president to the stability of this country is so critical that you wish nothing happens that will undermine that. Secondly, I want to repeat this to you, Zidi. I have no information at my disposal which makes me to worry that the president may not be in charge in December. And the, the, the phenomenon, what may come, remains what may come. The what may come has always been there. I mean, there's a defocus in this country, especially from within the organization. And a ridiculous defocus, by the way. Here is the president who, who, who supported Zondo Commission and put the information in the website without editing it. He is the president who proclaimed SIU and put the findings in the website without actually editing. He is the president who, con who, const who, who instructs me to lead a team that ensures that the implementation of both Zondo and SIU, those processes, take place. If you... if 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 that's not the president you want, what do you want? Do you are you going to change your attitude towards this president? There is what there's a phenomenon, what is still coming, which you don't know. You can't adopt an attitude towards this president because of what is still coming. What is still coming is still coming, and you don't know what is it. But what we know is what this president is doing now. What he's doing now is fundamental for the future of this country. Within the ANC, there's an agitation to well, it's not an agitation. Let me reframe that. The ANC is going to an elective conference in December. Um, many people have put their hands up. Lots of people have put their hands up for at some point to be deputy presidents. And now you're seeing more and more names wanting to contest the position of president. Um, what are your thoughts about who needs to rise come December as leaders of the ANC? 
And what does the ANC need to move forward from? I want you to repeat that question. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm being careful. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about what you're looking for in terms of ANC leadership come December. You are going to an elective conference. You march from this policy conference into a, an elective conference. You start nominations in August. What is best for the ANC, Monty? What is best for the ANC is to look at the imperatives that determine what kind of leadership we need. One, we need a leadership that is going to be a reference with regard to pursuing the mission of integrity, clean South Africa, prosperous South Africa, and so on. Two, we need leadership that is going to demonstrate that the issue of gender is taken very serious in this country. We need leadership in this organization that will demonstrate that young people, their time has come. In other words, this leadership, CD must demonstrate continuity and change. If according to me, I'm one of those who, who support, for instance, the the top seven, where you've got two WSGs and one SG, because we we it has been scary. We never anticipated that there would be time. The entire elected comrades in that area, the other one would be suspended, the other one would end up in the manner. One of our most valued comrades, Comrade Jesse, has gone. We never thought that position would not have. They said that that position is an engine of the organization. We need to create conditions that it must never happen in future, that there is no body there. We're still acting. Listen, for instance, the TG has to act on that, and he he's also have to spend 24 hours dealing with the issues of money, to have the staff being paid, and, and all those kind of things. So I'm saying youth, gender, continuity, and change. I support uh, a view that says you need a young person in the deputy president, somebody who, if we succeed, uh, if when we elect Cyril uh, to do his second term, the person who take over in terms of energy and youth must be ready to become a president. If you take somebody like Munch, who is 65 years old, and make him a deputy president, now, when Cyril retires, that man will be 70. It's just weird. You need somebody, when the president retires, that person has got energy and freshness to take our country forward. You ask me, preferably a woman. If we don't get a woman, we need a young so man. So preferably a young woman must deputize the president. Yes. If not a young man. Is it, you can you see, the, 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 common, the, common, the common factor is young. It answers your questions, I take it. Mondly, what happens to Mondly Ngubele should NC presidents come December, Bizueli Mkize? What happens to a Mondly Ngubele as a member of the NC, the one that I first met carrying an ANC constitutionist jacket? What happens to you when Ezueli Mkize is the president of the ANC at the end of the year? Or Paul Mashatile is the president of the ANC? Where do you go? What do you do? In December, I will continue to be a member of an ANC which is adhering to its imperatives. I will continue to be a member of ANC which is against corruption. 
which deals with corruption, which promotes non-racialism, or if all those minimum, minimum imperatives of race, prosperity, anti-corruption, clean government, I'll be a member of that organization. Whether that organization is still that or not will depend on the outcome of December. And if it's not, what do you then do? Because that's a risk that you face with numbers. Let me just tell you, I've said something very crazy. Let me repeat it today. Maybe you've never heard me saying it. Somebody was singing a song saying, I know uh, this is a risk, I'll take it. Somebody was singing a song in a funeral name, where I come from, in a funeral of one of our commissaries. Sailani will follow ANC wherever it goes. That song was very strong. Let me tell you what, what, what was my view in that song. I said, uh, you know, I know why I follow Kesa Chiefs. It's football. Well, that's a, isn't that a dismal club? <laughs> yeah, I would never follow Kaiser. Yeah, Kaiser Chiefs. I mean, there are few, even Sundowns has not made the record of Chiefs achievements to date. So you, you can say whatever you say. So you forgive the law, you forgive the problems. I mean, how do you leave such heritage? So I'm saying I'm a fan of Kaiser Chiefs. Sure, sure. But that's, uh, uh, and, and because it's football. If I were to wake up in the morning and find Kaiser Chiefs funeral parlor, I would not support it. Because the reason I follow Kaiser Chiefs is football. The name ANC is the name for its sake is not the essence. The essence is what it represents, the historic mission of the African National Congress. If I were to wake up in the morning, ANC being some funny thing that I do not know stands for patriarchy and all, all what is remaining is the name ANC. I would not follow that. I'm following the name ANC because of what it is branding. It is branding the historic mission that I associate with. By the way, people who join the ANC, it's not necessarily the name that they join. They check what this name represents, and they are mainly connected to what it stands for. But remember, with the rise of careerism, it's actually the other way around. I think we'd agree that some people stand join the ANC based on what it can achieve for them. Charles Nakula this week on EWN.co.za spoke about the policy conference that's taking place this week. And in it, Charles said, I'm worried that the policy conference will not halt corruption, nor will December. People will still play around with money in order to get positions. So the he's, ANC, worried he's worried about the ANC as it stands. Mm. He was assessing the health of the ANC. And he said, this policy conference will not stop corruption, nor will December, because people are now trying to get to the top of the organization because they want to access resources. He called for a consultative conference, a Morogoro revisit, saying that the ANC has to go all the way back to the drawing board. You spoke about a lack of focus of the organization. Listen, that call is not new. It was there in 2017. I remember it. Let yeah. me express my view, Siri. I was disappointed by the leadership of the ANC in not heeding that call in 2017. To me, that call still remains relevant. You know what that call does? What that call does is, let's pause. That, that call says, let's pause. Let's not discuss anything. Let's look at ourselves, whether we are still the tool 
that our forebears meant to be the tool to take this country where it's supposed to go. You know, in that instance, I even thought would call independent progressive people to facilitate healing in the organization. You, you know, you are not going to resolve. I, 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 I support that. You are not going to resolve these matters of the ANC by uh, mobilizing numbers against one another. Actual numbers against one another tend to entrench corruption. Because those who've got money are able to mobilize those who are unconscientizing poor and make them follow their cause. No longer on the basis of what they believe in. Taking advantage of their socio-economic situation like what happened in July 2021. So I, I share the concern of, of Comrade Charles that the issue of us having that discussion can never be surpassed by anything. And I hope even after this conference, remember the ANC, NEC has been speaking about the retreat. And, and that retreat, remember, that retreat came out as a reason that we have got formal NEC meeting in terms of its prescript. But it tended to be so mechanical, so formalistic, not deal with issues that really matter, which undermine our relationship. The retreat and what Comrade Charles is calling for are almost similar. The retreat was for the NEC. What he calls for is a retreat of the entire organization. Mm, that's 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 my reading of it. I'm almost done, Monli. Um, this policy conference that's taking place, already you're hearing murmurs that the people who are mobilizing will use it, obviously, as a way to launch the battle towards December. It speaks again to the issue of focus that you spoke about. What are your expectations from this policy conference based on what you know about your comrades versus what needs to happen? You see, the, the, the challenge of this conference as it starts tomorrow, it starts tomorrow? Yes, is to focus. We must fight defocus. If this conference, city does not interrogate that we lost elections last year, that we've lost metros, if this conference does not look at the report of Zondo Commission and how it affects the organization, if this conference does not deal with the SIU findings and how do they... Remember all those things. SIU findings about the corruption in government where we are leading as, as what's called as the governing body. Majority of the local authorities that are not performing are ours. If this conference is not going to be worried about the underlying reasons that led to their best whether it's asbestos, money is lost in counting in the health, what to call PPEs, and in the number of provinces. If we're not worried about all the malfeasance, if this conference is going to focus on how we have performed on malfeasance and how better can we perform, if this conference is not going to listen to the 54th conference that said in renewal, we need a new capacity, new cadre, educated people who are capable of taking us to higher level. If it does not focus on those issues that undermine its ability to remain a central influence, we are gone. I'm actually going to leave it at that. Thank you so much. That's uh, Mondli Gungubele speaking to us as an NEC member of the ANC about the future of the organization and the kind of ANC that he aligns with, saying that if the values that he followed are no longer there, he's not about that, he's not a part of that. Yes, make your point. 
because I know I could be misunderstood when I'm talking about president not incriminating himself. Yes. What am I trying to say is that when so many traps are set for you, you have to work very careful because criminals can actually set a dangerous trap for the most innocent in society. I'm not saying the president is innocent. He remains innocent in, in my eyes until something else happens. But I'm saying, when I say, there are moments where you must make sure, like I was using the PIC, what to call, example, that I, 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 out of the blue, l- let me give you an example about PIC. The ladies, they associated me, Zulu. We worked very close in the PIC. When something goes in the press using our working relationship as a, as, as a basis of explaining syndicate, you don't know what is behind that. You don't know what is being miscommunicated. It is against that background that says, I support President's right to actually heed advice to his legal people on how careful to deal with the situation. Because where I'm sitting, I still, I'm still interested like everyone else. If this thing happened in 2020, Roughly, probably when Fraser was, what to call, uh, based on uh, access to information to him in his capacity as a leader of SSA. You don't know what is in there. You don't know what is is he up to. You don't know. The the point I'm making, it doesn't come across as a genuine, uh, what to call, submission of crime. If it is, find him. But Monty, that's neither here nor there. You know that, right? That it doesn't matter what the motive was. For us as the public, what should matter is whether or not the claims are accurate. If the criminal complaint has merits... Yes, I'm in agreement. It's just that when you flag the questions around the agenda that he has, I think it is also equally important for politicians to recognize that agenda sometimes... Is, 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 is irrelevant. Sometimes the end goal he has is irrelevant. Sometimes his character, I understand that Fraser is a flawed character. Sometimes that's also secondary to what is on the table. For me, as a citizen, what would concern me is my president. Can I come to you on that? 100%. I would, it, it would be weird of me to make primary the agenda. You get my point? Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't pretend, it doesn't mean that it's not possibly there. Let me make this point. Our main concern is that the, is the president clearing himself. Because that's fundamental. That's the, the, the fact that it comes from, I'm sure I've, I've, I've been quoted on this. In 2016, you will go to the articles I said when we're dealing with the issue of JZ. When ANC was saying, we cannot support a, a vote of no confidence that comes from the opposition. My point was, are you going to say, I think it was Mail and Gadi. No, it was News 24. It was with me. No, 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 not that one. No, no, not that one. No, no, no. News 24 said, no, no, no. News 24, Mail and Guardian, I, was, I had a long interview where they quoted me say, are you suggesting that if EFF says there's a sewage leakage, because it's not the ANC, it stops being a sewage leakage. The bottom line is that if EFF says there's sewage, the first thing you must check is whether there's leakage or not. Our main concern now is the president clearing himself. But it does not pretend, it, it, it does not suggest that there is no agenda. All what I was arguing is that 
Therefore, how careful he deals with this thing is the, the potential uh, trappings that are there. But the primary thing, my anxiety, like all South Africans, is the president clearing himself. All right, Mondri. Thank you so much. Like I said, Mondri Kungubele, NEC member. That last bit, just clarifying his views around the Palapala theft saga. Thank you so much. And that's it from us. This podcast was brought to you by Eyewitness News, produced by Tuduzile Masuku and Amu Ramela. For EWN, my name is T.D. Madia. FYI, we will be dropping a few more of these podcasts this week as we go to the ANC policy conference that's taking place at NASREC between the 28th and 31st of July. Stay tuned.